Welcome to Rising Stronger Radio, where we explore mental health from a more holistic perspective to empower you to break free from symptoms like anxiety, depression, fatigue, lack of motivation, and addictive behaviors, and instead create an environment both inside and out that is more conducive to healing, vitality, and living a purposeful life. We focus on topics like the power of nutrition, movement, and other lifestyle habits, how to navigate the toxicity and pitfalls of the modern world, as well as philosophical, spiritual, and religious concepts to help you bring out the best in yourself and find your place and purpose in creation. My name is Keith. I'm a holistic health coach and independent mental health researcher. I'm also someone who has faced significant struggles with anxiety, depression, addiction, and other chronic health issues. If you haven't already, you can head over to my website, risingstronger.com, and download my free high mileage foods for mental health guide. I also offer a free 30 minute breakthrough chat if you're interested in personalized guidance and dialing in your nutrition and lifestyle habits to support energy, clarity, and happiness. With that said, let's get into today's episode. All right, welcome back to Rising Stronger Radio. This is Keith. In today's episode, we're going to talk about 13 ways to significantly improve your health mentally and physically without breaking the bank or wasting a lot of time. And I want to frame this around the idea that in the modern world, so many of us are just so used to doing whatever is convenient and easy and most pleasurable up front, the quickest way to feel a certain way, to feel better. And I think it's an important thing to, to see and to consider as men that that's not the right way to, to go about living. It, it may feel good in the moment, which, you know, like there's something to that, although I think that it's, we misplace our value there. But then when we make decisions that strengthen us long-term, that help us to have a greater sense of well-being in our body, more energy, a clearer mind, a higher level of motivation, this is all what helps us to put more of ourselves out into the world. We, I like to say we fill our cups up in order that we can pour ourselves out elsewhere. So it's not, it's not just about us. Although, you know, there is a sense that we need to, we need to have something to give in order to give. And so I really like to think about these things as letting go of those less mature habits of seeking pleasure of seeking quick fixes, even if they're ones that we've kind of gained out of ignorance, we didn't even think about the fact that they might be affecting us negatively. We didn't have a good understanding of how our body and brain interact and how to best optimize ourselves. But I know it's the case for so many of us that we feel a lack of meaning and purpose. And it's part of what it is to be a man, to have a, uh, you know, to have purpose, to have meaning. And so I think that one of the ways to go about finding that is to start living purposefully, to start living intentionally, to, to align the decisions that we make with the person that we want to become and with the vision of being able to handle more, being able to have the energy to do more, the clarity to do more, to grow, to learn, to understand ourselves and therefore understand the world around us better. So all of that said, we're going to go through 13 different things. I'll elaborate, I guess, where necessary. The first one, and I'll also preface to say that these are also 
tried and tested. They're things that have very much helped me. And I think they are the baseline or the foundation for just improving health. There's no need to go crazy with all this other stuff unless these basics are covered first. So the first one is going to be grounding, which is getting outside, getting your bare feet on the dirt or on the grass. And it's important because we are electromagnetic beings. We are electromagnetic beings. We very much have a currency about us. And especially in the modern world, when we're inside all the time under artificial lights, sitting by, you can't see it, but an outlet behind me, sitting underneath the Wi-Fi. It's not that these things are going to like kill us instantly by any means, but they have a an impact on the electromagnetic aspect of our body. And so getting outside on the grass helps to discharge that. Uh, in, in this way, what we don't want from an, a, like an electrical, electromagnetic standpoint is a positive charge. But that's what happens when we're filled with all this, you could call it non-native uh, frequencies. It's maybe not the perfect term for all of these, but let's just say everything I mentioned, non-native or, or non-familiar in nature frequencies. When we go outside and get our feet on the ground, the earth is negatively charged. So it has an effect to pull that out of our body. And the positive charge results in inflammation. And especially when we, you know, we talk a lot about mental health, the underlying causes of mental health are not chemical imbalances, they're inflammation. I mean, it's, it's, there may be a chemical imbalance there to a degree as a result, but underlying that is inflammation. And there are multiple things that contribute, but one of the easiest ways to lower inflammation is to just take some time outside bare feet on the ground. It could be at a park, in your backyard, in your front yard, whatever the case is, but it's a free habit. And you oftentimes will feel a lot calmer. You may even feel joint pain reduce. And it's a significant, uh, there's a significant, let's say anecdotal, probably even more than anecdotal evidence or observational evidence that people sleep better doing this. It just helps to, to downregulate your system, which we all need in this world. The next one is getting morning sunlight. So one of the best ways to improve your sleep is to get out in the sun first thing in the morning. That kind of jump starts our circadian rhythms we are very much uh you know our our internal clock is largely governed by light and most of us don't get enough natural light we especially don't get enough light in the morning but when we go right to our phones and stare into our phones first thing rather than get sunlight in our eyes it can have a negative impact on this so getting outside in the morning even if it's cloudy or rainy and just staring in the direction of the sun. If it is sunny, you obviously don't want to look at the sun, but looking either directly below or directly above. And even just five minutes of doing this can help to lower stress throughout the day, increase your energy, help with depression and anxiety. This is all there. These are all things that I think, you know, God built into nature to help us to stay well, but we've just become so disconnected from natural ways of living and living in sync with the earth in this modern world that it's a big part of why so many people are addicted and depressed and anxious and chronically sick and can't sleep and don't have energy and all of the above so getting outside you can even combine these first two bare feet on the ground watching the sun for you know five minutes or longer if you have the time the next one would be to 
optimize your breathing. And the way to optimize breathing, I have a whole two videos dedicated to this. So check that out for more details. But we want to slow down our breathing. We should always be breathing through our nose and always be breathing into our diaphragm. Unless we're like vigorously exercising, there's exceptions there. But otherwise, unless we're exercising or talking, all other times, and especially during sleep, we want to be breathing through our noses. I'll, um, mouth tape can be a good thing to consider for sleeping. If you notice that you have drool on the pillow, or you wake up with a dry mouth and probably breathe out of your mouth. This is definitely preventing you from sleeping as deeply as you could. So it's something, you know, worthwhile to consider. But by optimizing our breathing, by breathing deeply, by breathing, by slowing it down. Again, if you think about it in terms of breaths per minute, most of us in a dysfunctional way are breathing closer or over 20 breaths per minute. And if we just slow that down to six to 10 breaths per minute, it helps our bodies to utilize oxygen better. It helps oxygen get to our organs, to our tissues, which is extremely important for healing, for detoxification, for absorbing nutrients, for our energy levels, for our brain getting enough oxygen. So it's really a low hanging fruit and a high mileage habit, as I like to call it. And you can even combine all three of these standing on the grass in the morning, getting some sun and practicing for, you know, that five minutes, just slowing down your breathing and taking deep breaths. It will have a significant impact. The next one is getting out into nature as frequently as possible, but at least once a week, at least once a week being completely immersed in like a nature setting, which I know is hard. Like, yeah, as I say this, it's, I haven't been keeping up with this as much as I'd like to. But being out where we're surrounded by trees, where we are surrounded or we're hearing running water, fresh running water, where the air is clean, where we're getting some sunshine or natural light, our entire being is designed to resonate with all of this. And it has, again, a down-regulating effect, a sense of well-being. And nature is just so important for healing, for promoting better health, for restoring balance that's what healing ultimately is 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 restoring balance to imbalance so getting out in nature frequently the next one is fixing and optimizing your sleep sleep is the cornerstone of everything really when it comes to to health and mental health and not sleeping well has such a significant uh, impact on our energy levels our mood uh it it contributes or can even be the cause of Depression, anxiety can be the cause of overeating because it messes with our hormones and our body's ability to signal when we're full. So it's a very important one. And even in, in reference to the morning light, it's important to see evening light as extra, like extra cautious around that. <clears throat> and what I mean is it's a very good idea to avoid screens at least an hour, but ideally two hours before bed. And I know that's you know, maybe inconvenient and like different than what a lot of people are used to, but avoiding too much TV or avoiding any TV, laptops, uh, phones, if you have to be on it, making sure like the, the night mode is on and these are daytime like computer blue light blocking glasses, but getting blue light blocking glasses, they have the orange uh, tint to them. Again, that, that will cost money. I'm just throwing it in there in addition, but the, you know, the freeway would just be not to use screens at night and, you know, to let your body be free of artificial light for as long as possible before going to sleep. Um, I'm going to, my next podcast is going to be how to fix and optimize your sleep. And it's going to dive 
very deep into all of this. So if you have trouble with your sleep or you feel like it's not as good as it could be, I'm going to go sleep is one of the things that for me was a, a very challenging thing for a lot of my life. And, and, you know, I've learned how to correct that and learn how to pinpoint the things that affect sleep. So keep an eye out for that. The next thing is to add a pinch of sea salt to every glass or bottle of water that you drink. So just a, you shouldn't make your water salty. It's not adding like shakes of salt, just a pinch. But the thing that a lot of us miss is that it's not just the liquid that hydrates, hydrates us that might, you know, be pleasant to drink, but our body's really looking for minerals in water. And most of the water that we drink nowadays is void of minerals. So when you add a pinch of sea salt, not table salt, sea salt is much different than, you know, like regular table iodized salt into water. It's adding minerals back into water. That's often void of minerals. Um, so that can actually help us to be more hydrated and, you know, our bodies are minerals are so important for our health and well-being. They're kind of the, you know, they're not, they don't get the attention that they deserve, but I think more and more people are coming to understand that they're like as important as any other nutrient, maybe even more important. The next one, number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven is caffeine timing. And this can also help with sleep, but it's going to help, uh, you know, it's going to help in a lot of ways just to not mess with your hormones, not to be, ex uh, you know, promoting excessive stress hormones, let's say. So caffeine timing, this is going to be hard, I think, for a lot of people, but ideally we're not drinking caffeine until at least an hour, maybe two hours after we wake up. That gives our body time to naturally do what it needs to do to become energized. And then at the latter end of the day, not drinking caffeine after like two or 3 p.m. ideally. Caffeine has a, a six to eight hour half-life. I believe it's six to eight hours, which means that if I have 120 milligrams of caffeine at 2 p.m., I'm pretty sensitive to caffeine. It does vary with people to some degree for various reasons, but that would mean that at, at 10 p.m., eight hours later, 60 milligrams of caffeine would still be active in my system. It doesn't even matter if I can fall and stay asleep. That is going to prevent my nervous system from getting deep enough into sleep to get the restorative sleep that I really need. So it's just an easy way to go about thinking about that. But I even like to encourage people with all of their caffeine intake, have like half decaf, half regular, or, or back off a little bit. That can be an easy way to just take some of the, like take some of what can be too much on your body and, and, you know, make it more supportive. Um, I'd also add in there, this wasn't one of the ones that I was going to say, but having caffeine with food is important and it 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 can be one of the ones on this list but we'll add it in as like 7b so drinking caffeine with food or with a meal is much better for you and and it will help without having or not to have a crash to really have sustained energy to just eat it with a meal the eighth one is walking to me walking is the king of exercise not because it's better necessarily but because i think it needs to be like if you could only choose one i think walking just has the 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 most profound benefits or the like the most significant ones when we walk where our our body is there's a cross crawl pattern let's say our left leg steps forward as our right arm goes forward our left arm goes forward as our right leg goes forward this cross body interaction 
helps to merge both hemispheres to our brain, which can help us think more clearly. It's why philosophers for most of time, or like many of them would teach while they were walking, or they would walk while they talk to people, walk in order to think, walk in order to come up with ideas. So it can have a, uh, you know, sort of a, well, yeah, it's positive in that way. And then it also helps to downregulate our amygdala, which is responsible for anxiety. So, so walking in and of itself is a, a anti-anxiety and anti-depressant. And to me, if you, I would go a hundred percent with walking before trying anything else, uh, you know, pharmaceutically for like, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, it's not meant to be advice, but just from my experience, like if people walked regularly and did these other things are, we can significantly improve our mental health in that way. Um, after walking, which I would, you know, ideally you're getting a half hour to an hour a day, but the more, the better would be strength training somewhere around 60 to 90 minutes per week. That's not that much. That could be three sessions of a half an hour. That could be four sessions of 15 minutes um, or, you know, some combination of that. I really like the kettlebell in this uh, aspect for multiple reasons, which I'll get into in a, a different podcast or post. But I like the idea that with the kettlebell, you can get outside, you can be barefoot on the grass. Like a lot of this stuff that I'm talking about a gym isn't necessarily ideal. It's nice to have all the weights. If you have a community there, that's great. Um, but if you're, if you've never really gotten into it or you want to, and, and you haven't been or never have, I think that starting with something at home, like a kettlebell, you can get very strong in great shape and you avoid working out under artificial lights. You avoid kind of the, what can be not the most ideal, uh, environment. You know, if you're, well, I'm not going to go too far into that now, but I think that kettlebells are a great strength tool and it's something that for relatively inexpensive, you need very little time and you can incorporate, you know, or merge multiple things by getting outside. Um, even when it's cold, like it's great to, to kind of get that, um, like strengthen. It's a, it's a positive stressor to be out in the cold. And I think working out like that is really good too. Um, the next one would be to, mm, let me, let me reverse these to, to cut out junk food. This doesn't cost anything. And this is where I'm, you know, in the beginning I'm highlighting, like if we just take responsibility for the idea and, and say the fact that a lot of this stuff just isn't serving us like eating junk food, eating candy, eating crap, eating donuts, eating excessive sugar. Like if you, if you don't think that, if you, if you don't know that this is significantly impacting the way you think, act and feel, it absolutely is. It just is. It, our bodies are not designed to take in this food. And not only is it lacking what we need, it has so much of what our body doesn't want or doesn't need that it puts all this extra burden on our body to have to get rid of it, which impacts our energy. It clogs up our, you know, detox pathways. There's, there's so many reasons, uh, messes with our gut health, which affects our brain. So just cutting out the crap is really important. And then on the other end of that, I, I forget which number we're on, but I like to say, eat from the earth at least 80% of the time. And by eating from the earth, I mean, it should be like, untampered it should be unprocessed 
ideally like the best place that you can go is if you can get your food from a farmer's market there is so many reasons why that's a good idea you're supporting local businesses you're taking away from all the transportation that's happening to get food from you know god knows where in the world but you're also getting food that's been grown in the same climate the same area the same air the same like degree of sunlight as you live in and your body knows that we don't really think about that that much, but it is a factor. And so any food that you eat locally is going to, it's going to be more life-giving than other food. But just as a rule of thumb, if you think about eating from the earth, 80% or more, like that's going to have a significant impact on your health and well-being, both mental and physical. The next one, I guess this would be number 11, 12. This would be number 12. We have two left is fill your mind with appropriate and positive information and content. This is another one like the junk food. You have control over saying, I'm not going to turn on the news or I'm not going to watch this like clickbaity whatever video that's just going to like stir me up. We can control choosing to, to read something that's uplifting. We can choose to watch something that's uplifting. We can choose to listen to something that's uplifting and that helps us to be in the state of mind that we want to be in. So taking control of that, I think is super important. I think this is as important as what we eat. Just having a strong filter for the information that goes in our head, even in terms of conversations and other things like that, not saying or taking part in listening to things that are just not, not good, you know? And it doesn't mean like when somebody's sad or going through something, it doesn't mean you don't listen, but I mean, not engaging in just things that are inherently negative or, um, you know, hopefully that, that makes sense, but guarding the information that we allow in our minds is very important and a very controllable shift. The last one, number 13 would be making time for prayer and silence, making time for you to disconnect from the noise of the modern world to connect to something higher, to have that time to recharge and to, yeah, to just cultivate that relationship with God. I think it's really important. Um, and I think that there's, there's, you know, the more I understand this, not that it needs to be scientifically validated, but there's so much there that is helpful to our health and well-being that there's all the more reason in addition to the fact that, you know, it should be the top of the pyramid in terms of what we value and where we, you know, to keep things in order, let's say in our lives. So I think making time for that, especially time for silence, especially time to just to, to be quiet, maybe to pray and to listen. Um, I think it's, I think it's really important and something that can go a long way to, help to bring about balance in, in, you know, the lives that we live, the inherently scattered and stressful and fast paced lives in the modern world. So that's all 13. I appreciate you listening. And until next time I will, well, I'll see you on the next podcast. I hope that was helpful. Have a great day. All right. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe and head over to risingstronger.com. You can join my growing email list by entering your email address or downloading my free guide, the High Mileage Foods for Better Mental Health Guide. 
I do offer a free 30-minute coaching consultation. You can sign up for that there as well. And again, I appreciate your time. I'll see you in the next episode.